Lord, everybody. So, you know, the last time I was up, Pastor kept saying, it's my fault. So I'm going to try not to make it my fault tonight. I'm going to give them a little bit to work with. So, since I actually thought that someone else was going to do a part, so I kind of tried to shorten it, but then when the memo came back, I had to pick up some more of speaking with tongues. So, speaking with tongues, it is not easy to discuss things that many want to sweep under the carpet. But God is light, and where there is light, there is illumination. There is clarity, and there is understanding. One of the biggest points of confusion is the misunderstanding of the use of speaking in tongues. James 3, 1 through 12. When we see the doctor, the first thing he or she checks for is the tongue. He can diagnose the illness only by looking at the tongue. How we speak reveals a lot about, about us. The country we live, our jobs, our values, our purpose of life. So what does your tongue tell about you? The tongue has a power to do three things. The power to control. Our tongue has the power to control us. Characteristics of a good teacher. Good teachers control their tongue and is the one who has living faith. Who controls his tongue is a perfect man. Perfect means mature. Control of tongue represents a controlled life. Example of a small thing that control and how it have an effect. Brittle makes a horse obey. Ruder overrides power of something else. Spark destroys huge qualities of resources. So if you look at it, we need to apply a simple formula before speaking of any person or subject that was perhaps controversial. Think. T, is it true? H, is it helpful? I, is it inspiring? N, is it necessary? And K, is it kind? The power to destroy. It corrupts the whole person. Such a power has the tongue, says James. It is compared with the fire. Fire has an amused power and can be used for good to hit or misuse and then it destroys homes, forest cities. It is enough just a small match to produce a big fire. The fire that destroys in our life is sin. James says that the tongue is the very world of iniquity. 
there are many sins that man cannot do simply because has no opportunity. There is no limit of sins that can be committed by tongue, like malice, greed, anger, lust, hurt, lies, wrath, resentment, criticizing, jealousy, bitterness. All these vices show somehow find their expression through it. James is saying that if you want to deal with the tongue, you must first start with the heart. The Lord has to control the inner man. Only fresh sources can produce fresh water, and that corresponds to the life of Jesus Christ within us. If we want our tongue to be right, then the inner man must be under the control of Jesus Christ. He has to be Lord. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever fills our heart inevitably be comes out. The power to bless. Ways have for proper use of the tongue. Only God can control our tongue so that we can bless, encourage, build, and give blessings to others through our words. It is our choice to build or to destroy, to hurt or to heal, make peace or war, to kill or to give a life. When the resurrected Lord is in control of our life, the result in words that are edifying, encouraging, and uplifting. Let me give you an illustration. When you squeeze a sponge, what comes out under the pressure? Whatever it had soaked up previously. So does your tongue when we are squeezed. What comes out is what's inside of us. Our fallen nature can make the quite hostile. Since the tongue is the most ungodly member of the body, the hardest to control and so evil, if God would have wanted to find a way to show us evidence of being immersed in his spirit, what more logical choice than to have our tongue yield to the spirit of God and speak in heavenly as well as earthly languages the praises of God through tongues. The evidence in the spirit by our speaking in tongues and praising God makes logical sense. The tongue under God's control used by the spirit. That's perfectly logical and practical. Since the whole body is under control by the tongue, this experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit has a direct influence upon the entire being of the believer. A very valuable experience, one ought to consider. So look at this, what the tongue does. You have two shopkeepers across the street from each other. They could never say anything nice to each other. Their jealousy for each other caused them to say very hateful things about one another. One night an angel appeared to one man and promised him and wished under any condition whatever he wished for the other shopkeeper would get double. But the other guy would get double his request. 
Hating his competitor, he thought about what to wish for. Finally, filled with hate, he made his choice. He wished to be made blind in one eye. Instead of wishing for good and blessings, his com competition, he chose hatefully and spoke hurt. No weapon that now exists or will exist will have the deadly potential of this ancient weapon. It is as old as man himself. The weapon is the tongue. The tongue can be the most destructive weapon on earth. It's misused, has damaged more lives than all the weapons of war or disease on this planet. The tongue can bring some of life's greatest joys, like someone telling you they love you, or it can bring some of life's greatest pains, like someone telling you they hate you. Let your tongue be an instrument of righteousness not a weapon of destruction. In Corinthians, the tongue speaking amounted to so much noise because carnality had invaded their exercise of the gift. Even today, there is a kind of spiritual prestige associated with tongue speaking. For a Christian to show off any gift that God has given manifest pride that is lacking in love. However, because of wrong teaching or a lack of teaching, there seems to be a large number of Christians that really don't understand this very important subject. According to 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11, there are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit that are called manifestations of the Spirit. These are instances where the Holy Spirit makes himself known to us in supernatural ways. He gives us a temporary burst of power to do something that goes beyond our normal ability in order to accomplish something for him. Included in these nine manifestations of the Spirit or spiritual gifts are three that have been called the speaking or vocal gifts, prophecy, diversities of tongues, interpretation of tongues. These three temporary abilities only come when the Holy Spirit gives them to someone to use. The purpose of these temporary abilities is to bless other people. When the gift of prophecy is given, a person would generally speak a message from God under divine influence and the message would be given in the language of the intended audience. In general, when the gifts of diversities of tongues and interpretation of tongues are given, a person will speak a message from God under divine influence, but it will usually be a language unknown to the intended audience. This is diversities of tongues. Then that same person or someone else present will be given the meaning or interpretation of that message by the Holy Spirit. That person will then speak out the interpretation in the language of the intended audience. The end result is that the people get a message from God that they understand. 
Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variables, neither shadow of turning. That's James 1 and 17. God never makes a mistake. He never changes and he gives only perfect gifts. Therefore, when he gave the gift of speaking in unknown languages, tongues, to the church on the day of Pentecost, he knew exactly what he was doing. The gift of tongues was a perfect gift. God has not changed his mind about the gift, for he never changes. So the main purpose the Holy Spirit came down at Pentecost was to find, equip, and adorn the bride of Christ, the church, and to escort her safely through this world and present her to Jesus, a pure and spotless bride. In Genesis 24, there's a beautiful illustration of how Abraham went about obtaining a bride for his son Isaac. The types in this account are Abraham, a type of God, the father, Isaac, a type of son, servant, a type of Holy Spirit, Rebecca, a type of church. When the servant went to speak, when the servant went to seek a bride for Isaac, he loaded 10 camels to take with him. Included in these loads were precious gifts of jewelry. In the New Testament, nine beautiful gifts of the Holy Spirit are listed in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. Two words are used commonly in speaking of the gifts. One is charisma, gift of God's love, and the other is, I don't want to mess the word up like I did the last time. I had searched it out. Paneris, which is manifestation. The word gift serves to remind us that these blessings cannot be earned, but they are freely given by God to his children. Jesus promised that his followers would receive the gift of tongues. They shall speak with new tongues. The word new suggests a newness of quality, non-chronological newness. In other words, the Lord indicates that this gift would involve a fresh or new way of speaking not a new kind of utterance unknown to mankind. The fulfillment of Jesus' promises began in Acts on the day of Pentecost, according to uh, verses 2 through 11. These tongues were languages known to visitors to Jerusalem. How here every man in our own language were in, we were born. The gift of tongues is the miraculous ability to speak in a foreign language. Praying in tongues is for every Christian. Everyone who believes in Jesus Christ can pray in tongues. 
there is no criteria apart from being a child of God. The belief that praying in tongues is not for everyone is a lie from the devil to derail, to hinder, and to keep Christians away from unlocking new dimensions in the spirit. The devil has been cunning and dividing the church so much that Christians quarrel about doctrine instead of believing the word of God. The more one believes and follows doctrine while refusing to accept God's word, the more difficult it is for the Holy Spirit to actually minister to them to receive an impartation of a higher dimension in the spirit. When we pray in tongues, there is a quickening in the spirit because we are not praying out of the target. We are letting the spirit declare what needs to come to mind and what needs to come to pass. Your tongues are saying, this is what you should do. This is what you should say. This is where you should go. And this is why this is happening. We are limited by our flesh because our flesh does not know all. But the spirit of the living God knows all. If we can just let ourselves die to flesh and arise in the spirit, we would be able to receive from God more easily. Another illustration. If you walk into a dark room and switch on the lights, electricity has always been there. But you needed to switch the lights on to see. Same with prayer. God's plan for us are always there. We just struggle to perceive them correctly when we don't pray. But when you pray, you open yourself up to receive from God what is already there. And everything just suddenly makes sense, and we now know what to do. It's not a coincidence. When we pray, we sharpen our spirits to be able to receive or understand what God has already planned. Now when we stop praying, we switch the lights off again. And the next time we see uh, the switch on, but when we began to pray in tongues, we began to receive a continuous outpouring of revelations. So as we continue to pray in tongues, that light should stay on continuously. Praying in the spirit exists for many purposes. First, it is a matter of obedience. God urges us to pray in the spirit. It also builds us up spiritually and has the power to edify. It strengthens our inner man. 1 Corinthians 14 to 4 explains, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. It can also be used as a form of giving thanks and praises to God. At Pentecost, Paul mentions that the believers gave thanks in their own language. Oftentimes in complex situations, we do not always know what to do, what to pray, or how to pray in alignment with God. Praying in the Spirit also allows the Holy Spirit to intercede for us in alignment with the Father's heart. It increases the effectiveness of our prayers and releases His purpose on earth. 
The Holy Spirit partakes, partners with us, binding loose the things of heaven and earth. He wants to use our voice. It truly is a key that unlocks other gifts. Still another purpose of praying in tongues is the revelation we receive. Many times after praying in tongues, we'll receive an answer to a prayer. Through a revelation, some, sometimes through someone else whom the Spirit spoke to or through directly. Often overlooked, speaking in tongues weaponizes us. It's a secret weapon of spiritual warfare. It allows our prayers to fly with accuracy with arrows. After the armor of God list mentioned in Ephesians 6, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit because it falls at the end of the armor. The last part of it is often glossed over, yet it is truly essential. Use this weapon. Do it more as a spiritual discipline. Set aside time to pray in the spirit and see what happens. Because our minds does not need to be engaged. You can do it while you're mowing, our, uh, mowing the lawn or washing the dishes. Remember that speaking in tongues is an exercise of your will. You choose to allow the Holy Spirit this freedom of expression through you. Speaking in tongues is a form of communication to God. It is a prayer and doing so speaks directly to God alone according to 1 Corinthians 4 and 2. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. Aside from it being a form of prayer, speaking in tongues is also a form of praising God. It is thereby also a form of worship to the Almighty God. Aside from it being a form of prayer and praise, speaking in tongues is also a form of building oneself. Speaking in tongues is not only building oneself, but also building others. It is a way to edify and encourage others to faith. The Greek word translated tongues literally means language. To understand the gift of tongues, we must understand its manifestation in the early church. In the Bible, the manifestation of the gift of tongues is recorded in the, books of, in the book of Acts. The first manifestation of the gift of tongues was on the day of Pentecost. Another manifestation of the gift of tongues was in the house of Cornelius. Peter was still speaking when the Holy Spirit came upon all who listened to the word. And the believers of Jewish origin who had come with Peter were amazed why God gave, why God gives and pours the Holy Spirit on foreigners also. For indeed this happened. They heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. The disciples spoke with other tongues. Native Jews from every nation on the earth were at Jerusalem for the feast of the Pentecost. They heard the disciples speaking their respective overseas languages. Tongues are earthly languages. The non-immigrant native Jews 
who's those who have never left the country did not understand the language of the disciples but the native jews who lives outside the native country from all nations understood them to the non-immigrant jews the language tongue is known unknown a mystery since they do not understand a mystery is something that is difficult or impossible to understand or explain. The native Jews were amazed at the disciples spoken languages that they had never learned. The non-immigrant native Jews who could not understand considered the disciples drunk. The tongues were not an unintelligible babble, heavenly language, rather it was an intelligible earthly language. The tongue were words of praise. On the day of Pentecost, the disciples were magnifying God and declaring his wonderful works. In the house of Cornelius, the believers were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, offering words of praise to God. The tongues were words spoken to God. Their words were directed to God and not to men. They were loud in their praises, such that it pulled a crowd, included the native speakers of the various languages. So there are two kinds of tongues. Praying in the Holy Spirit taught tongues, which everyone can do. The gift of tongues, which not everyone can do, but can be imparted. There are three tongues to humans, angelic, heavenly tongues. Angelic tongues are also referred to as heavenly tongues. They are tongues of the angels or of heaven. First Corinthians 13 and one, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love. This is the tongue angels speak in heaven. Remember we will be like the angels in heaven. The speaking in angelic tongues is a shadow taste of heaven on earth. Angelic tongues are used to speak only to God, and that is the tongue Paul, the apostle of Jesus, was speaking of, saying, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries in the spirit, 1 Corinthians 14 and 2. Even yourself, you do not know what you are saying in angelic tongues. If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Because angelic tongues are for you to speak only to God. The Holy Spirit would only enable you to speak in an angelic tongue when in secret in prayer for our God is in secret and we do not pray as the heathens. You cannot be in public speaking to men and you speak in angelic tongues. That is a lie. Even when angels are sent to humans to speak to them, they do not speak in angelic tongues, but in a tongue you understand the tongues of men. A human being is has no control of angelic tongues, but they are only under subjection of the Holy Spirit. 
It is the Holy Spirit who takes over your tongue at his will. Appropriate time and place for you to speak only to God. Since the tongue is in control of the Holy Spirit, there is no repetitions. You speak fluently, flawlessly, and as you go on praying in angelic tongues, as the Spirit enables you, you are completely encompassed and filled with joy, happiness, peace, calmness, and all fruits of the Holy Spirit to a level the world cannot comprehend. As you speak in tongues of the angels, every worry, problem, the world and all in its vanishes, and it is only you and heaven. Baptism with the Holy Spirit is a prerequisite to speak in angelic tongues. Tongues of men. Then I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity. I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. We can speak and pray in tongues, but without love, it means nothing. We are merely making noise. First Corinthians goes on to say in verses 8 through 10, love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect, com when the perfect comes, the practical will pass away. We know love will never cease. After prophesizing, tongues, knowledge pass away, love will remain. Tongues of men are the languages of men. English, Spanish, French, Japanese, Chinese, etc. Humans are created with one tongue, but when they started building the Tower of Babel, God confused their language and tongues of men were born. Come, let us go down and confess their language so that they would not understand one another's speech. The tongues of men are from God. God is the creator. Genesis 11 and 7. It's for this reason God can open a human being tongue to speak in a tongue of men. He or she has never spoken nor learned in the same manner he did to men building the tower. The Holy Spirit has power to enable a human being to speak all and any tongues of men without him or her learning them. When the Holy Spirit came down to the disciples in the Pentecost, they did not speak in angelic tongues, but were speaking in tongues of men reason every person heard a disciple speaking in his or her own language as written. Now when they heard this sound, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. We hear them declaring the mighty works of God in their own tongues. So when Paul said, I speak in other tongues more than all of you, Paul was saying that he speaks more tongues of men, not of angels, than most and yes, Paul spoke in many tongues of men, 1 Corinthians 14 and 18. Then you have demonic tongues. Demonic tongues are the opposite of both angelic tongues and tongues of men. 
Satan was an angel speaking in tongues of the angels, and when he was cast from heaven, he counterfeited and made a tongue for his kingdom, a kingdom of darkness. These are the tongues used to communicate in the kingdom of darkness, reason they are called demonic tongues. The devil, every chance he gets, he counterfeits the things of God in order to direct worship towards himself. With the right atmosphere, it is a no-brainer that he, a master, can manipulate one into feeling that counterfeit tongues are real. If tongues spoken doesn't line up with biblical teachings, one should consider that the motivation for such speaking isn't the Holy Spirit, but it is an unholy spirit dressed in righteousness. So there are two types of people in the kingdom of darkness. Hmm. The ignorant, they are the lukewarm, hypocrites, etc. They can quote Bible verses, say names, Jesus, pray, etc. But the same tongue they blaspheme him, one leg in Jesus and another in the darkness. Those who know they are in darkness, serving it, they include uh, Satan's devil worshipers, magicians, witch doctors, sign readers, fortune tellers, top world music stars. You get the picture. The second group of people all speak in demonic tongues. It's a tongue of communication between them and the kingdom of darkness. Satan uses the first group of people without their knowledge. They can speak in demonic tongues without knowing if it's demonic or angelic or tongues of men. Differences between angelic tongues and demonic tongues, tongues they're repetitions. God hates repetition for he is not deaf. And when speaking in angelic tongues cannot speak in repetitions, Demonic tongues are full of repetitions and chantings. Angelic tongues are for you to speak secretly only to God. Demonic tongues are publicly used for fame, pride, prestige, envy, show-off, and boasting. In the same manner, you speak tongues of men fluently and flawlessly, so you do not speak so you do, so do you speak angelic tongues under the Holy Spirit, but this is not so with demonic tongues. Demonic tongues are not fluent, full of repetitions, same words, same sentences, and full of flaws. Spoken by people with no fruits of the Holy Spirit at all. Angelic tongues are spoken by those in Jesus baptized with the Holy Spirit. Those fruits of the Holy Spirit are manifested in them. Demonic tongues are spoken by those without the fruits of the Holy Spirit. The wicked, blasphemous, hypocrites, those who deny the power and fight it. Godliness with no power. Speaking in tongues is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. Not every person has this gift, 
have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret. We cannot get the gift of speaking in tongues through the pastor or a person praying for you. Gifts of the Holy Spirit are given by Jesus Christ according to his will. 1 Corinthians 12, 8-10 For to one who is given by the Spirit of the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another by gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. So then you have vulnerable to demonic influence. Speaking in tongues opens the door and a person becomes vulnerable to demonic influence. As there are angelic tongues, there are demonic tongues since demons were once angels. You may see a person speaking in tongues thinking that he or she is being moved by the Holy Spirit while in reality, it is the demons in control. So we must be careful. Not every person who speaks in tongues speaks tongues of the angels powered by the Holy Spirit. Satan also has powers and people speak in demonic tongues. Satan and his angels are speaking in demonic tongues to blaspheme Jesus Christ in front of congregations who cannot understand what they are saying. Instead of these, Satan angels speaking a language can be understood. They chose to speak in tongues so that they can blaspheme Jesus Christ without our knowledge. So this is what's happening in the church today where people are speaking in tongues, uttering words the congregation cannot understand. So Satan agents who are some preachers of a false gospel take that opportunity of speaking in tongues to blaspheme God without the congregation understanding what they are saying. Jesus' disciples spoke in 12 languages of the 12 tribes of Israel when filled with the Holy Spirit. They did not speak in non-existing tongues. So why is there so much opposition to this particular gift? The tongue is described as an incredible, powerful weapon to be used to destroy or to build up. It is described as a small ruler that controls a huge ship, which is us. Satan releases there that our tongue stares us at his great influence. It is like the steering wheel of our soul or as in a motor vehicle, the devil will put up with the Holy Spirit being in the back seat or even in the front seat next to the driver. But you can bet your life that the devil would hate to see the Holy Spirit sitting behind and with his hands on the steering wheel. That is why there is so much imitation, scorn, opposition and hatred towards this particular gift in the body of Christ today. Satan is absolutely against it. When it comes to this gift, only the Holy Spirit can reveal to us 
about himself. Nobody else can understand it, could know it, and nobody else could be partaker of it either. But for certain, if someone receives the real thing, they won't need or bother with anyone else's thoughts or opinions on it because the real thing is a wonderful gift. Today, there are many fake tongues and crazy manifestations which scares away the unbelievers. Some babble, others use repetitive syllabus. Everyone can babble, everyone can repeat, everyone can fake moods. We must be careful that what we speak is indeed an existing, indefallible earthly language. We must be careful not to enter evil spiritual manifestations. We need to be sure that the tongues are truly of the Holy Spirit. The true gifts of tongues may have gone silent. Prophecies may cease, tongues be silent, and knowledge disappear. We must not be tempted to fill the vacuum by faking some tongues. Many of us, I suppose, have had some experience with what is called fool's gold. You may have picked up a rock that had this shiny stuff substance in it and thought you had found gold. Then you learned that it was fool's gold, a substance called iron sulfite which looks very much like gold and has deceived many into thinking that they have found the real thing. But though it looks like gold and it is distributed among the rocks like gold, it does not pass the test of true gold. If it is put to more than a superficial test, one soon discovers that. Perhaps all of us at one time or another, have seen a counterfeit bill. The danger of a counterfeit bill lies in its close resemblance to the genuine. Counterfeit money that is badly printed doesn't stay in circulation very long, but if it is accurately printed, it can sometimes cause considerable damage to our economic system. The test of a counterfeit bill is simply to compare it with a genuine bill. This is always the test of falsehood. It is impossible to know without a genuine, for otherwise you have no basis for comparison or standard of measurement. So failure to see this is one of the reasons why there is so much confusion today on the subject of glossolalia the matter of speaking in tongues. There is a widespread manifestation of the phenomenon today and it is essential that we discover whether it is true or whether it is false, whether it is genuinely of the Spirit of God or comes from another source and is counterfeit gift. The only way that we can possibly know that is to lay it alongside that which unquestionable true. Therefore, anything that claims to be tongues today but is not like that presented in Scripture is patently false. 
no matter how sincerely it is offered or how helpful it may appear to be in the life of the individual who profess it. If you would take that statement seriously and carefully review it, I doubt if you can disagree with it. It must serve as the basis, as the measurement of this issue of tongues. They must be like what we discover in the scriptures. Speaking in tongues is evidence of power and abilities of the Holy Spirit. We all know how difficult it is to learn a language, yet the Holy Spirit is able to supernaturally bestow the knowledge of language upon believers in an instant. Speaking in and interpreting tongues are nature gifts of teamwork and unity. These gifts require that Christians work alongside one another to proclaim the words of God through the Spirit of God. This is in line with all that the Bible teaches us about God. He desires unity in the midst of a diverse world. The gift of tongues is a way to bring glory to God and bring believers closer together. It's a wonderful thing that the Holy Spirit gives us such a special gift in order to praise God for all the wonderful things that he has done. The gift of speaking in tongues like every spiritual gift is miraculous. It is impossible without God's power. It is uncommon in the world around us and it is a way for Christians to praise the Lord and grow in unity with one another. The Apostle Paul wrote and spoke much about the subject of speaking in other tongues, and he apparently practiced what he preached. He said, I thank my God. I speak with tongues more than you all. The purpose of why every Christian should speak in tongues and to help believers see the blessings that can be theirs through daily appropriate the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. So there are a number of reasons. Reason number one, the Word of God teaches that when we are filled with the Holy Ghost, we speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives utterance. Speaking in tongues is an initial evidence or sign of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Another reason, Paul encouraged the Christians of the Corinthian Christians to continue the practice of speaking with other tongues in their worship of God. He encouraged them to speak in tongues in their individual prayer life as a means of spiritual edification or building up. The Bible says he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. Paul also stated in 1 Corinthians, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Notice he said, my spirit prays. The Amplified Bible reads, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. God is a spirit. When you pray in tongues, your spirit is in direct contact with God, who is a spirit. When you speak in tongues, you are talking to him with a divine, supernatural means. Another reason. 
People should speak with other tongues. Is that speaking with tongues keeps us continually aware of the Holy Spirit in dwelling presence. Not only is speaking in tongues the initial sign or evidence of the Holy Spirit's feeling, but continuing to pray and to worship God in tongues to help us to be ever conscious of his indwelling presence of the Holy Ghost every day that is bound to affect the way we think and the way we live. Paul wrote to the church at Rome, we know not what we should pray for as we ought. He didn't say we didn't know how to pray because we are instructed to pray to the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But just because I know how to pray doesn't mean that I know what to pray for as I ought. So Paul said, we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself, himself, maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. The Holy Ghost is not going to do our praying for us. He is sent to help us pray. Speaking with other tongues is praying as the Spirit gives utterance. It is Spirit-directed praying, and it eliminates the possibilities of selfishness in our prayers. Another reason believers should speak in tongues is that it helps them learn to trust God more fully. It builds one's faith to speak in tongues, and the Bible says, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Speaking in tongues stimulates faith and helps us to learn how to trust God. For example, faith must be exercised to speak with tongues because the Holy Spirit supernaturally directs the words that we speak. You see, we don't know what the next word will be. We have to trust God for that. And trusting God is one area that helps us learn to trust him in another area. So there are another reason and another reason and another reason. But let me move on. Oh, because I don't want it to be my fault. Jesus said... <laughs> I'm going to move right along. I'm going to move right along. Thank you, Sister Antina. Jesus said in Mark 16 and 17 that these signs will follow those that believe. In my name, they will cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. It is important because Jesus said that those that believe will speak tongues. Paul said, I thank my God. I speak with tongues more than you all. It was important for Paul then, and it must be important for us. So furthermore, as we read in 1 Corinthians 14 and 39, and forbid not to speak with tongues, to forbid or ignore the importance of this gift is disobedience to the word of God. There is so much, but I'm going to kind of try to narrow it down because once again I didn't want it to be my fault
The Apostle Paul came out of the upper room, and I bring it to a close. And Peter finally gets his foot out of his mouth and preaches his first sermon, and 3,000 unbelievers became believers in Jesus. They heard the people that were in the upper room speaking in their native languages, somewhere close to 20 languages and dialects all together. The next instance of this gift being recorded is in Acts chapter 10. Peter just had a vision about not calling what God had made clean and unclean. He is preaching at a Gentile house named Cornelius. As he is preaching to the Gentiles, they started speaking in tongues. Peter sees this and gets the point. These Gentiles had been saved, something that was not believed possible before. He then says, well, we might as well baptize them, and all who were previously unsaved got baptized. This time, the gift was not assigned to unbelievers as much as it was assigned to Peter and the other disciples that was with Peter. The next instance was recorded of Peter of people speaking in tongues is during one of Paul's missionary journeys. He runs across a group of people, believers in Acts chapter 19. He asked them if they had received the Holy Spirit when they believed. Now, obviously, Peter was not talking about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that comes with salvation since they were already believers. He was talking about the empowering of the Holy Spirit, also known as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They replied that they had not even heard of the Holy Spirit. Paul asked what type of baptism that they had. They were baptized with John's baptism. So Paul made sure that they got it right and baptized them in the name of Jesus. Now this is important because we do not because we do not baptize unbelievers or unsaved people. After they were baptized, then Paul laid hands on them. The Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. Notice that it says, upon them, they received the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, not salvation. The greatest Christian in the world have been those who love the Lord Jesus supremely, whether they spoke in tongues or not. Some like Peter, James, John, and Paul spoke in tongues. The devotion of our hearts to Christ is far more important than speaking in tongues. Do you love me more than anything else? Was our Lord's question to Peter before commissioning him for his service. Arguments about speaking in tongues are therefore a division, diversion arranged by Satan to sidetrack believers from total devotion to Christ. So these truths were central in their lives. Other things were secondary. So as I take my seat and turn it to the hands of the pastor, and he would not be able to say, it's my fault. It is important to understand that the words we speak reflect what is going on the inside of us. It supports us like Luke 6 and 45 says, a good man 
out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. Behold, words affect the speaker as well as the receiver. James 3, 6 and 9 says, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So it is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and sitteth on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire of hell. Wherewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. I turn you to the hands of the pastor, receive him with praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. When you look at something with me right quick Isaiah the 28th chapter verses 11 and 12 chapter verses 11 and 12. about in the last day God will pour out his spirit on all flesh now if you and I don't speak with stammering lips in another tongue when I say that is the last thing that is conquered uh, when you look at the apostles and all that they did and all the knowledge that they put out, it was this that let them know that God was pleased and God was dwelling on the inside of you. If you don't speak, God ain't there. And you can't be saved without the Spirit of God in you. Not upon you, but in you. So I'd like to open the floor with a discussion for a few minutes. She was very inform informational and everything, and there's some things that some of you may never heard before. Some things you may wonder about. 
Everybody in here should be and had the experience. You don't control tongues. Tongues control you. If you control it, if you can control it, you ain't got the right kind. She made a reference to Satan's tongue. 